Welcome to CFO 4.0, the future of finance. The CFO role is changing rapidly, moving from cost controller to strategic visionary. And with every change comes opportunity. We are here to help you take advantage of this transition, to win at work, drive your career forwards, and lead with confidence. Join Hannah Monroe, Managing Director of ITAS, a financial transformation consultancy, as she interviews key experts to give you real-world advice and guidance on how to transform your processes, people, and data. Welcome to CFO 4.0, the future of finance. So hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of CFO 4.0. With me today, I'm very excited to announce we have Ash Noah. So Ash is the VP and Managing Director of Learning, Education and Development at the the combined forces of SEMA and AICPA. So welcome, Ash. It's fantastic to have you on the show. Thanks very much. It's great to be here, Hannah. And uh, these are indeed exciting times. They are indeed. So um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Ash. How did you end up in your role um, that you're in at the moment? So what my role currently is about designing, developing and delivering the SEMA professional qualification, uh, which is also called the Chartered Global Management Accounting Qualification, the CGMA. Um, I am a former CFO. I was the CFO for a logistics express parcel delivery business, which has since been uh, bought out by FedEx. And so that gives you some context. Um, I've lived and worked in 11 different countries across all the continents, uh, except <laughs> the Arctic and the Antarctica. Uh, and, and so that's, that's given me a really great journey of, um, you know, kangaroo hopping <laughs> from Australia all the way now in the U.S., um, via Singapore, London, Brazil, and a few other locations in the Middle East. Um, so it's been, um, it's been an interesting journey with TNT, as we were called, um, TNT Express. And, um, I was in the US when AICPA and SEMA came together, actually. And the opportunity to, um, go and meet other CFOs and fly the SEMA flag and make them aware of this fantastic designation was something that really was um, attractive to me because I, I wanted to pay back to the profession and pay back to the association, which really helped propel my own career. And so I ended up uh, starting off with the association promoting the qualification with other CFOs. And now I've ended up in actually um, designing and delivering that qualification. So the research examinations, um, the, uh, the, the content development for the qualification is, is, is my domain. And it's, it must be quite an exciting time, I guess, as the CFO role does become more global. The world, even though physically is quite staying the same, seems to be getting a bit smaller. Um, so, so what are some of the, is, is the skill set the same when working globally or is, is there a different skill um, that's needed across the globe? So um, there are some things that are not changing and there are some things that are changing significantly. Um, what, what really brings a CFO fundamentally to the table are the technical skill sets around really understanding 
business accounting, really understanding business finance and being able to make sure there's a process of governance and control uh, over the entire end-to-end reporting, making sure the reports are accurate, uh, etc. So that's really what one could call table stakes. And that hasn't changed. What also hasn't changed from my time 10 years ago when, when, when I, you know, um, came out of the practice uh, of being a CFO till now, um, at that point in time, we were still talking about business partnering, being able to collaborate, being able to communicate, really being able to join the dots across the business for decision making, etc. Those things haven't changed. But what has really changed is the need for those type of skills today is extremely heightened. And there are a number of reasons, which I guess we should go into as, as we go into this podcast and talk about what is really driving the changes in these mindsets and the acceleration for the need for these type of skills. Absolutely. And I think that's a, that's, that is, that's a great next question for me to ask, to be fair. Is, so over to you, Ash, then. So what is it that um, you have seen and, you know, CFOs that you're speaking to are telling you about um, some of the shifts that we're seeing at the moment in terms of skills and mindset? All right. So um, let me just start off with um, some of the background uh, kind of high level landscape that's changed uh, and, and what is driving the need for this new mindset and skill sets. Um, so firstly, we are living in a VUCA world, and that's vol- volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And every one of those attributes, volatility, the uncertainty, the complexity, and the ambiguity has been accelerating tremendously. VUCA is a military term where you go into situations and you have to adapt really quickly to the unfolding events. And, and that's really uh, accelerated, as you know, with COVID and even pre-COVID, uh, the acceleration was significant. So the levels of risk are really high. Uh, the demands of the stakeholders are multiple, complex, conflicting, and often need to be reconciled. And there's rapidly changing business models where businesses are going out, as in getting, uh, not being able to sustain themselves because other business models come in that have leveraged technology and the old way of doing business is outdated. And um, to, to be able to sustain and, and grow and continue to be in business, one has to continually change those business models. So those are the four major factors that are really driving the need for this new skill set, the new mindset. Uh, Just to recap, VUCA world, high level of risks, demands, multiple demands of multiple stakeholders, and the rapid changing business models. So that's kind of the high level landscape of the why. You know, why do we need these new skill sets? Now, going into the actual mindsets, um, I'd start with... What, what is finance charged with? Fundamentally, finance and accounting and CFOs are charged with governance and business guidance. The telling part is that we've, especially since Sarbanes, Oxley, etc., 
we have pretty much delivered what the business needs in terms of governance. And so research shows us there's about a 10% gap between what finance needs to deliver in terms of governance and what business expects them to deliver. So 90% of the times we are hitting that right. When it comes to business guidance, the gap is 60 plus percent, which means it's just 40% of the needs that we are meeting in terms of what the business requires. And so that is the big gap, which all CFOs are trying to address. A lot of the transformation, a lot of the business transformation is trying to address that guidance gap. And Hannah, that gap continues to increase because of the factors I'm talking about, the acceleration in VUCA and the higher risks, et cetera, and the, and the change in business model. And, and as that tends to accelerate, you'll find the gap continues to grow. And so there are, there is a new skill set. There is a new mindset that is required to really close that guidance gap. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And, and, and if we think about the pace of change that we've experienced over the last 12 months, that's a huge, not only have we got that massive gap to catch up on, but like you say, those, those circumstances are becoming even more volatile um, and ever changing. So, so what's the solution to that? How do we, how do we start that catch up process? Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll drill into some of the aspects of the transformation that CFOs are undertaking within their function, not just to transform their function, but also to transform their people. And everyone actually runs to technology first to address the gap. And, and that's fine. The first port of call is let's get our technology right. But it's those that really address the competencies of their teams and really equipping them with the right mindsets and skill sets are the ones that will truly be able to transform. And so the transformation is, again, when you look at the four major areas of operation for a CFO, um, finance is best at going and getting the right information, the relevant information, taking that information, analyzing it, and producing insights, and then using those insights to create influence and then really uh, have a strategic impact on the business and create value. So that's kind of the overarching cycle that each CFO is engaged in. Most finance functions spend a lot of time in information and insight and don't have as much time to spend on influencing and, and impacting and creating value. Now, as technology adoption has increased, it has given finance more time to engage in that influence and impact boxes and and automation has in, has enabled them to spend less time on gathering the information gathering the data and gathering the insights but what we are finding is there are some key skill sets and mindsets that will address the move towards the influence and impact so um fundamentally um finance needs to understand the business and the business model and so Having a value creation mindset that helps finance and the CFOs to understand their business model is absolutely the starting point in terms of having this value creation mindset. To have a value creation mindset, one needs to understand 
that value is now today, um, again, research shows 90% of the value of an enterprise is intangible. So it's not really in the balance sheet. And so if you want to participate in value creation, one needs to go and understand what is driving intangible value. And that can be understood through the business model as to how you define value, how you deliver that value, how you capture that value, and how you sustain that value. So understanding your business model really enables a CFO to engage with the business, not just from a point of view of engaging in costs and profits. Um, so that's that's kind of where usually CFOs operate in, in the element of the business model. But it should really start with understanding the customer value proposition, understanding the processes that enable the business to change the raw materials or the inputs to goods and services, to understand the relationships that the business engages in with suppliers, with customers, with supply chain, etc., to transform the raw materials to the finished goods. And and then there's the cost and revenue, which is a key part of the business model. But really, um, we, we need to focus on the other three elements. And then beyond that, the CFOs to create value and have this value creation mindset should be able to understand and engage in building the right culture in the organization. And the culture that is really, uh, in these times, critical is a is, is adopting a disruptive culture in terms of you're ready to disrupt your own offerings, you're ready to disrupt the industry, and you create uh, innovation that enables that disruption. And again, the CFO needs to be able to participate in that and, and also have this mindset of providing your enterprise with a digital um, platform. And so... Um, now we are going towards the whole uh, automation and technology mindset um, so that the enterprise can not only be a digitally connected enterprise internally, but is able to engage with external platforms to deliver new services, new value propositions, new ways of doing business with the customer. And so these are kind of the fundamental shifts in mindsets, the value creation mindset, the technology mindset. And then there are some more specific ones, which I want to get into. But before I do that, maybe you want to drill down into anything I said or pose another question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think it's an interesting piece around the value creation. So we think of a CFO, perhaps one that's new into role, both in a new company and in maybe new into the CFO role, um, getting hold of that business model piece and understanding the intangible is, is quite a challenge, I guess, if you've not worked in that organization. So what, what would you um, recommend in terms of how do we, how do we embed that piece into um, that first sort of 90 days as a CFO? What should they be doing to, to, to get there? Spend a significant amount of time with the business outside of the CFO's office. Um, I have a favorite saying, um, because I come from the logistics transportation business, um, you need, you need to go kick the tires and smell the diesel. Um, <laughs> if you don't do that, um, you know, you, you, you're not really, 
understanding the end-to-end uh, value proposition. Uh, why is the customer using you? What is what is different about your services? Why is the customer ready to pay uh, for value-added services? So uh, truly understanding your business operations. Uh, if you want to be a business partner and you want to be a value partner, you really need to be able to understand the entire business. And for a CFO who's not grown up within that business, it's it's a greater challenge. If you've come through that business and you've come through and grown through the ranks, it actually is sometimes significantly easier because you understand all the moving parts. Uh, a CFO has a vantage point in terms of, you know, has a front seat, um, is able to see across the organization because finance really touches every part of the organization. And so uh, before one settles in and gets too comfortable in their CFO's chair, I would suggest get on the road, go around. If you have production facilities, visit them. If you have research and development facilities and product development facilities, um, if you need to understand how the marketing engine works and how the revenue engine works and what are your key products and what are your key services? And you have to understand that entire landscape um, to really understand how to create value. So uh, in the first 90 days, I would have visited the key locations, the key production sites, service delivery sites, and uh, spent time with each of those leaders. I talked about the, the gap, the business guidance gap. I would start with asking the question, is finance giving you what you need to conduct your business? Operations, um, ask the sales and marketing uh, organization, are they getting what they need to make the decisions? Um, and, and so every part of the, you know, um, collaborating across functions is easier said than done unless you really understand what, what each of the functions needs from a finance support and finance business partnering perspective, it's really difficult to then close that guidance gap. So those are the areas where I would focus on uh, as I went in. Other than, you know, I, I don't want to say ignore the governance side. The governance side is absolutely critical, making sure you have clean audits and you have a very solid balance sheet in terms of all the reconciliations and controls are in place and you have internal controls over financial reporting and all of that is a given. But the aspect of understanding the business in order to provide business guidance uh, is absolutely critical to start off with. Raise your game with Sage Intact. Bring down your close time by up to 79%. Use agile real-time reporting for instant visibility. Land an average ROI of 250%. With the heavyweight cloud software rated number one for customer satisfaction. Finance that packs a punch. Find out more from ITAS, the UK Sage and Tech Partner of the Year at itassolutions.co.uk. And it's an interesting point, isn't it? And that I, I would actually um, say that even if you are in that role, that same process would still apply. Because there is something about looking at all of those operations with, uh, you know, the eye of a CFO rather than, you know, within finance. Because if you've not had the chance to do that within that finance controller role, there's a real opportunity to, 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 to make sure what you think you've understood from within that finance team is also what is actually happening out, you know, out there with your stakeholders. Exactly right. 
So, Emma, you mentioned a few other mindsets. So we've very much been talking about that value creation mindset. What, um, and you, you referred earlier to a few others that you, you think are important for any new CFO. So tell us a little bit more about those. What do those look right. like? Um, let's talk about switching gears from value creation mindset to uh, a mindset that really adopts automation technology. Um, and then related to that is uh, analytic mindset in terms of leveraging data. Um, the explosion in the amount of data that is available within the organization um, and achieving efficiencies within the finance processes and having this technology mindset, they're all kind of interrelated. Um, finance really needs to lead on what is our data model? Who owns that data? And there is a certain portion of the data which should be owned by the CFO. And, and that data to decision process needs this real data analytics mindset. Um, so it's related to value creating. It's an enabler for value creating, for value creation. But having this mindset that where can I get the most relevant data to make the decision is absolutely critical. What we saw through the pandemic, for example, uh, all the trends that we were used to were not an indication of the future because uh, the level of demand, the, the level of supply, the level of prices, everything was upended. And so if you were relying just on uh, data that was historic, you would not be able to forecast very quickly how to respond to the unfolding situation. And so uh, having this data analytics mindset, thinking about external sources of data, can I use proxies? Can I use uh, flight data? You know, how many, how many people are getting on planes and how many people are traveling? Can I use traffic data to see where are people going now, um, you know, if, if retail stores are opening up in, in other locations? So what I'm trying to say is, Having an open mind to the data that's available, not just within the enterprise, but outside the enterprise, then being able to leverage that data through technology, analyze that data and really help the organization forecast better levels of demand so that they can meet the needs of the customer. That's critical in terms of having that mindset of data and analytics. And related to that is automation and technology. How can I uh, how can I um, change my legacy processes? How can I re-engineer my legacy processes so that I can really apply technology that enables me to automate? So having a mindset that says, I'm going to standardize. And if I can standardize, then I can automate. And understanding what type of technologies, and, and there, there aren't that many technologies to get your head around in terms of automation, uh, it's really the robotic process automation, and there are several players in that field. But understanding how RPA works, understanding how you can automate, because the um, opportunity to automate, even today, is significant. To have a cloud-first mentality, to have a digital-first mindset is really critical. And so this mindset is really around Embracing technology, embracing automation, and leveraging data and the technologies that can really drive 
uh, value creation. So again, kind of feeds back into the value creation story, but the speed of data to decision really will determine a enterprise's competitive advantage. The sooner you're able to decide and act, you might be moving ahead of competition. And there was an interesting trend. So I literally um, recorded um, another podcast this week where we read um, with a, um, a tech basically a technology digital transformation company and they were saying one of the most interesting things is this 80 20 rule when it comes to both data and technology and that you can automate about 80 percent of what you know what you do um uh, but it's that 20 percent that holds you back from that full automation so i loved your comment about standardization because i think that's one of the big challenges within finance is removing you know, there's complexities that I think sometimes right. finance absorbs on behalf of the rest of the organization. Um, and that, you know, once you can start to, to to get through those, I think there's a there's a massive power in what we can do in finance. And um, once you start to get through, um, you know, all those weird and wonderful scenarios that fight, you know, that sales will put forwards and finance have to deal with. So absolutely. Um, and, and, and also, uh, Hannah, really what one should be looking at is, the, the 21st century enterprise systems have really done a great service to businesses and to CFOs. And what they've done is they've taken best practice processes and they've actually engineered them into the technology. And so the old mindset of I define my process and then I use technology to execute that process is actually being flipped. What we need to do is we need to look at the technology, re-engineer our process so that it fits the technology. If you try and customize the, t- the current technology to your existing legacy processes, which were invented in the 20th century, we will not really get the benefits of that investment in technology. You are, you are definitely preaching to the converted there, Ash. I'm I'm a massive believer I I am um, in using the tools that you have to the best of their ability because there there's always a danger um that you can um you can be too specific about what you want and there I'd have to say I'm a massive believer in not over developing systems and building you know because then you lose the flexibility don't you in terms of that yeah. that technology Absolutely. shift so yeah. no yeah. Apps. That's a that's a great point. So for those of you listening, um, it's not just me that's saying that. <laughs> it is um, the the all knowing Ash from Seaman AI CPA. So that's a it's oh. a great point, though Ash. To be very fair, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so so from a from a mindset perspective, is there any? So again, take us back to you know uh, those that are listening that are perhaps new into role and thinking about their first you know ninety to one hundred days. What else in terms of mindset should we be thinking about from a personal perspective in terms of how we how we approach that piece? So as uh, trained finance professionals, we, we really have been trained into being. Uh, a professional, you know, bring in professional skepticism. We ask all the right questions. And, and our training also has caused us to be very process oriented in terms of, um, sequential and logical process development. And sometimes that goes against us, especially when one is trying to solve problems or when one is trying to 
drive transformation. So in, in, in that, um, there, there's two kind of mindsets that one needs to develop both for oneself as a CFO, but also in, in our teams. The two things I would really recommend embracing is understanding the workings of agile. So uh, really looking at agile methodology and adopting not for technology rollout, but understanding the agile way, understanding how you can test and learn and implement in small increments. And you don't have to get the whole thing right first time. So experimentation and um, innovating uh, around the first test and learn cycle, uh, bringing people in from other groups and, and how you approach that takes me to problem solving. So an agile mindset and a problem solving mindset is, is what I would say uh, CFOs need to be thinking about. Um, so I talked about the agile methodology and the other methodology is design thinking. And design thinking really enables finance to break that, um, that, that chain of uh, logical sequential process and, and try and deliver and, and solve problems by really understanding um, the landscape, by really exploring with all the partners how we could perhaps solve this problem and then building a prototype which again goes to that test and learn type environment uh, and, and really use that prototype and, and learn from it. Um, so very related, uh, but two methodologies that I would really encourage CFOs to embrace is the agile methodology and uh, design thinking. And perhaps that kind of completes that compendium of some of these new skill sets. Uh, yes, there is lean and there is six sigma and, and, you know, those type of um, um, project management and performance ma management uh, and change management techniques can, can be brought in. But I really think for CFOs to really understand and leverage the agile and the design thinking is, uh, is another mindset change that requires to happen. And that's a tough shift, isn't it? If we think about, you know, um, where you know, finance are expected to be the, the cautionary ones. And, you know, from a history, if we think historically, that shift into that problem solving creative thinker, it could be quite challenging for those that are, you know, and while still maintaining that steady hand on the rudder and that, that sort of, that, um, that governance piece. So how do CFOs balance, uh, you know, the development of those skills along with, you know, the, the, the um, maintaining the trust of the organization? Um, and, you know, cause it's, it's a, it's a bit of a, a balancing act in some ways. It is. And it, it brings us back full circle. And I think that's a nice kind of close as we go forward in terms of it's those two pillars. It's the governance and the guidance. And one needs to balance the governance. Because you cannot uh, not deliver what is required on the control, compliance, um, the accuracy of reporting, not to be in the front page of the Financial Times for the wrong reasons, right? Um, that, that is absolutely critical. And that is why CFOs are, you know, primarily charged with, they're charged with that governance, um, to, to ensure that uh, there's compliance with policies, regulations, et cetera. Um, 
and and one cannot take their eyes off that. So having built that foundation, having that strong foundation, uh, one then goes further up. So uh, I see it as a three-step process. The first step is um, process excellence. And the process excellence makes sure that you have the required systems and processes and controls in place, uh, and you have engaged with automation, etc. You you've got your processes spot on. That gives you the foundation to move towards kind of business intelligence, and and then you're going towards that data and data analytics and data to decision, decision to execution type mode. Uh, and you're building capability in the business intelligence. And then finally, when you have that capability in terms of business intelligence, you then move towards the influence and, and really having business influence. And that comes with the absolute solid foundation of that process excellence, the digital intelligence. And then you can really deliver that business influence and be uh, creating value and co-creating value um, with the rest of the organization. And so for those that are perhaps looking either to develop into that CFO role and they perhaps listen to this and going, there's a lot that I maybe need to to work on or, you know, some, some good self-analysis uh, in there. Um, what is the pathway that you would be recommending um, and, you know, in terms of steps and support systems that they should have in place, perhaps even before they they look to step into that role and as they go into that first role? So I, I think there's a three-dimensional approach. One is you have to be absolutely deeply, um, you, you need to have that expertise, the technical expertise. Um, that's, that's the depth in the profession, in a professional qualification. You then need to have the width across the business, business strategy, uh, really understanding the importance of business models, digital skills. And, and so that's kind of the, 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 the width and, and the breadth that one needs to cover. And the third dimension is around really being exposed to the right experiences, um, not just be on a finance track, see if you can move, uh, and, and use that lattice approach, which is used. Um, so often in, in our talks in terms of, you know, the, the ladder just doesn't go, um, you know, one way, uh, you have to shift and perhaps spend time in other parts of the business, spend time in operations, uh, spend time in marketing and sales. If you can, um, try and, um, move around the business, um, and really get that, um, experience. So it's experiential having the right mentors. And being on a journey that really exposes you to a wider um, uh, area of practice than just finance. Uh, those would be the three things that I would really encourage aspiring CFOs uh, to be focused on. And um, for those that are lucky enough to be stepping into their first CFO role um, and maybe feeling hopefully very excited, but maybe slightly nervous, what are your top tips for the first 90 days in that CFO role? So first 90 days. Um, and, and again, here, uh, if you're new to that organization, understand the business, understand the business model um, and really collaborate across all the functions, uh, understand their needs and 
understand how you could be a better business partner to them um, and serve their needs. Uh, and if you have been in the organization, within the organization for a while, and uh, you've been promoted up to the CFO, um, it's really about uh, reaching out to those that you might have, um, you know, stepped over to become the CFO. Um, and it's important to retain them. Uh, it's happened to me several times and uh, I've had to, um, you know, reach out to these people and uh, assure them of the future, assure them of a vision, uh, have a very clear strategy for your finance function, uh, share that strategy across within your team and have um, visibility across the organization as to how finance will engage with the rest of the business to create value. And and so communication uh, is absolutely critical in terms of the first 90 days. Communicate your intent. Um, uh, create this strategic view. Create a vision and mission for finance and get your people along. Uh, the, don't neglect the human dimension. Um, those would be some of the key things to address in the first 90 days. Well, that is a, a great way to finish the podcast. Um, Ash, thank you so much for sharing your insight and knowledge and experience. And I think for all of those listening, there's some great tips to take away, both in terms of mindset and skills and some practical sort of next steps for those first interval. So thank you so much, Ash. It's been wonderful having you on the podcast. You've been a great guest. Thank you very much. Uh, it was a delight to uh, be here and uh, talk to you, Hannah. Brilliant. Thank you, Ash. Thank you. So for me, one of the most important things about any transformation project is the partners that you work with. And whilst I'd love to list off a whole host of reasons why ITAS is the perfect partner for your transformation project, why don't I let our customers do the talking for us? One really good thing working with ITAS is it's dramatically reduced my blood pressure. <laughs> Um, obviously, an account system is critical to uh, anyone's business. So, innovation data, without that, like every company, we couldn't function as a company. So, you know, it's one of the most critical pieces of software. And any sort of vulnerability we have with that sort of keeps you awake at night. And now working with ITAS, I don't have any concerns about our account functionality and our account system and the usability and all of that. Working with previous partners, um, I've got some grey hairs and uh, sleepless nights from that, as I say, because it's so critical. So it's been an absolute pleasure and yeah, long may the relationship continue.